Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 343. This is Russ, and I have Rich and Aaron. Hey. Hey. I think Dr. Current has uh, retired for the evening as we record this. Yeah. Dr. Blankets. Yes, Dr. Blankets. <laughs> Dr. Comforter. <laughs> um, yes. So um, as we discussed last week, we're going to talk about um, Dead in the Water, and we're going to talk about Ophelia uh, this week. Uh, the, the only bit of news that um, that I was going to cover... And this is pretty minor, and I think given the trajectory that Alicia's character is on in fear, it kind of, I think it's kind of lending towards where she's going to end up, I'm, I'm assuming, through the show, but who knows. I mean, nowadays people can, you know, the nature of eight and um, ten episode seasons for shows, people can multitask and do more than one thing for sure. But it looks like Alicia Debney Carey um, has been cast in... Um, Hulu's show called Saint X. Apparently she's replacing another actress that has dropped out. Um, And so she's going to be taking that role. I don't know much about um, this show. Apparently it's shooting right now in the Dominican Republic. So, you know, conceivably it wouldn't really be conflict. If she is going to stay on fear, it wouldn't really be conflicting with that. I'm assuming. So I'd assume they worked out those schedules. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say here's the the IMDb plot synopsis. Saint X explores how a young woman's mysterious death creates a traumatic ripple effect that ultimately pulls her surviving sister into a dangerous pursuit of the truth. Maybe she plays the dead sister, and and she's just an episode and done. No, she's the lead. She replaced the lead. She's the lead of the 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 show. Yeah, the lead either dropped out or was let go or recast or whatever, and so she's come in to to be the recasted lead of that show. Um I'm I'm looking at a at tvinsider.com. I don't know how reputable that site is, but um, it says while Debney Carey may not be on site for the beginning of Fierce Production, she is expected to return in her role as Alicia Clark. So, at least as far as we know, she is supposed to come back. So, and that makes sense. I mean, again, like it's I a said, sprawling cast, they tend to move things around. Anyway, exactly. So. I mean, how many, how often do we go episodes without seeing any of these, you know, characters? I'm- I mean, this is a big Daniel episode, and he's he's a from season one cast member who we probably seen maybe sixty percent of this series. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's not uncommon to go two or three episodes with with a large portion of the cast not there. I mean, obviously, as we saw at the beginning of the first half of the season, we saw basically no Alicia, so uh, not not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, like- like every time I'm not talking, I'm guesting on the 61st Street podcast as well. So <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, I'll say this: 61st Street. That's on AMC. Better than Low Winter Sun. I'm enjoying this show. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. I'll have to check it out. I like that Courtney B. Vance. There's some good stuff. So. Yes. What's it about? Uh, it's how do I describe it? Set in Chicago. Deals with a kid that's got caught up in a cop thing, and some cops are dirty. The lawyer played by Courtney. B. Vance is, has his own issues. It's like a decent drama for what it is so far. Cool. Speaking of Courtney B. Vance, that'll be a great segue um, into our topic of Dead in the Water. Courtney B. Vance <laughs> of Hunt for an October fame. Nice. Nice one. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we're going to, as promised, we are going to uh, talk about uh, the Fear of the, the Walking Dead. Hunt for Dead October. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dead in the Water. Um, Again, this was intended as a six-part. I I still I'm sticking with the whole like originally they announced this as a web series to be in six parts, and that's how it was going to show. They ended up cutting this thing together at least on AMC Plus as one 41-minute um, episode, but it, it 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 does have its parts. So 
you know, it'll do its six or seven minute or five minute interlude and it'll, you know, then it'll come back and be like, you know, chapter two or episode two or what or whatever. So it 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 does still contain the episodic cadence, even in the 41 minute straight shot. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Nick Stahl back um, uh, back in this in this uh, epi- in this series, I guess. Um, and it's exactly what we thought. It's the um, story of the USS Pennsylvania right as the zombie apocalypse breaks out and, you know, kind of like a crimson tide kind of thing where it's like, you know, ultimately they get orders to launch a nuclear missile and, you know, between a zombie outbreak on the submarine itself and the conflict of whether or not they should nuke their own country um, puts kind of the crew at odds with each other. And it's, it's, you know, the, you know, again, get from one end of the boat to the other end of the boat kind of thing. Um, it, so do you think they should have nuked? Like, what would they nuke? Was there a target? I forget. Chicago. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so no. So no. <laughs> no, that's where the Cubs are, and that's not allowed. And because they didn't nuke them, the Cubs are alive and well, and they're still playing in the championship. <laughs> Absolutely. Wrigley Field Wrigley remains Field intact. Wrigley Field is a safe zone. Yeah. yeah we'll get zone. there eventually. That should be the season. Yeah, I mean, ultimately... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the what, the, what they're thinking to accomplish by doing that, but um, I guess I guess well, it, like you know, zombies start rising from the dead. You're like, yeah, I guess our options are pretty thin. So nukes? nukes? Question mark? Yeah, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, overall, I I thought this was fine. Like, I didn't. Yeah, I I didn't think it, there was the only thing. I, I thought again. I think it would have worked more episodically just because of the way it was kind of narratively paced. You know, it obviously felt like they were trying to hit those beats every five or six minutes to, to kind of build tension. So you kind of got to set that aside, you know, when you watch it as just one, like 41 minute, you know, episode of television. That brings uh, me to my first question. And that was when they initially were going to have it episodic. Was it going to be, they're going to drop it like every other week or something? Or was it going to be a dump? It was the the most uh, shakily shakily handled uh, way of distributing information involving this thing because we had like basically dead in the water. It's coming. What does that mean? Like a year and a half ago, okay. right? Like yeah, a year I mean, and a half ago, they're going to make a sub show. It's going to be a prequel like, about the thing with the sub. Okay, because What's if they coming? dropped it over weeks, I would have been so out of it, and not given a shit. The fact that I got a forty-one minute cut of it all together, I like that. I mean, this is one of those like prequel stories or a behind-the-scenes stories of this character or what have you that it's great to have, but it doesn't do much to advance the narrative of the rest of the, the world. Well, it feels like it came late, and that's one thing. You know, the world ended, literally. So it's like, I, yeah, imagine, pl- I imagine plans got delayed as far as what they wanted to do with that, but they had the sets, right? They have this whole set that they presumably built for this thing so they you know had to use the resources eventually or they wanted to use the resources eventually and whatever plans they might have had and you know the, you know it's like you know pandemic happened things got different and then things went back for a bit so i i just feels like things got screwed up whatever they intended originally where it probably yeah. would have it probably would have been filmed and it probably would have come out in the parts during a time that made like if anything it probably would have come on like during like world beyond or some other show to kind of get you juiced when you right. go back to yeah. Fear the Walking Dead, and that's I'm just saying, I'm glad to. I'm glad I got it all in one shot instead of overtime. I can agree with that to a point. At the same time, though, if I if we were getting like those weekly installments like we used to when we had you know Taco Bell presents all the nonsense, that's fun. Like it's fun to get like a minute, you know, a seven minute clip of Walking Dead and be like, oh, this is neat to talk about for a bit. Like I, yeah. I didn't, I no, wouldn't mind I, that. No, I totally agree. I just don't think that this one would have been all that great. Maybe in cut up. I don't know. In, I, I I watched it all at once, so I don't really know. I can't really say. It's just in my mind. I think I would have kind of grown bored with it. I don't know. Maybe I need to go watch it in parts. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, and who knows how that would have edited, right? Like if you're doing it episodic week to week, maybe there's some connective tissue that just gets. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, that gets all trimmed out because it's like we don't need to recap anything because you literally just saw this thirty seconds ago, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Good um, point. I, the only thing that really 
there are a couple of things that were just like very eye rolly walking dead kind of things where it's like after they establish the fact that somebody can come back quote unquote from the dead in the zombie like state and then they find like one of their crew members shambling down the hall like with the head tilt and everything and they're like hey you know whatever your name is like hey hey and he doesn't respond and they're still like hey what's wrong with you and it's just like it's like really (laughs) you don't know what's what's wrong with this guy like um you know that 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 kind of you know kind of horror movie trope kind of silliness Um, i mean you're on a submarine you don't expect i hope zombies don't break out like it's not not, but it was after they already had broken out that's what i was like that's the thing it's like they'd yeah that already happened yeah so this brings me to my second question about this and i know i'm probably not the first one to observe this i've seen it in other uh of the shows so i'm sure other people but like these guys just turned but they look, they're made up to look. I mean, some of them look like they had been rotting corpses for weeks. And yeah, I don't, and I've seen this in some of the other shows too, but I mean, we used to have, I mean, like it would have made a lot more sense of the fear of, of them seeing their fellow crewmen like that. Um, it would have been so much better if they still looked more human, just they had the dead eyes and were, you know. So, I don't know. I just, it, that really kind of took me out of it. I'm like, why, why are they suddenly turning into clearly weeks old, at the least, corpses? I'll throw this in there. Well, two things. One's logistically, and one's <laughs> um, just the nature of these kind of shows. You know, they're underwater, the depth pressure, you know, they devolve faster. Who the f*** cares? Uh, but the other person's the other like, with, oh, all of, come with, all, with all of these with all of these shows, you know, these like mini episode things, they tend to be, you know, of a certain quality and heightened in a certain way where you're getting essentially greatest hits as opposed to a, you know, yeah. We call no, I evolution. understand, but I've I seen this in the main shows, though. I've seen this in the main I shows. But I can't. But, I, but, I, but, I, but I'm just, not going to. I'm not talking about the main shows. The main shows are yeah. the shows that we can talk about. We talk about the main shows. With this show, it just feels like, hey, we only have 40 minutes to tell an entire story. Let's ramp up some of the stuff and make it. You know, it makes it by default campier. But at the same time, you're like, well, you're getting. You know, if you if Rich, you're already saying like, I don't know if I would have preferred watching this in parts. Well, imagine the even longer version where it's like it shows. And I know you're saying you're saying like less makeup and whatnot but it's like we're watching a 40 minute zombie movie give us the zombies i think is their logic give us the give us the heightened version of that i I think it's suspend disbelief for the benefit of seeing cool dead people like in a submarine yeah yeah yeah. um i i get it i'm just saying i think back to the first season of walking dead like when the sister first got bitten when she hours later turned and just was like exactly the same except just the creepy eyes and the veins a little bit in the face and then with Jim you know against the tree when they left him and stuff and then we see him later at I'm just saying is Morgan's wife when she's walking around I mean she yeah, I mean you're talking about stuff from the Darabont days and they fired him so they're not doing that anymore <laughs> oh <laughs> that's the issue okay you're talking about the stuff that people didn't like on the show, presumably, <laughs> that they changed. I like that. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. Hey, I, you know me. I'm a huge zombie fan. I, I'll take my zombies all shapes and sizes, colors, creeds, whatever religion the zombie practices. I don't care. Yes. But um, I get what the, the show is. The Deadites. The Deadites. God, that Evil Dead game's coming. I'm looking forward to that. Um, but regardless, yeah, sure. They'll, they'll, I get, they're taking shortcuts, and it's just... I, it's not hitting me in a way that's affecting me too much. I get what you're saying. I don't disagree with you as far as, yeah, they could have done something like this, but yeah. for the sake of this thing, yeah. And it wasn't as much a critique on this little mini-series as much as it is I've seen this recently in, like, the world beyond and some other things. It's just kind of like, really? They're they're automatically emaciated? Yeah. I, I don't know. The, the other... The other thing that I had a little bit of a problem with because it just seemed very glaring is the fact that like Nick Stahl's character 
goes on about how like they have a mission their job is not to question orders they got to turn that key they've got to do the thing and the minute mm-hmm. and then like okay that's the episode break right then the epi- the last episode starts and the captain is like okay we got our orders this looks authentic uh let's p- put our keys in nuke chicago and now he's all like no i'm not going to do that and i was just like wait a minute <laughs> like yeah got these orders is, <laughs> a few minutes there's ago a lot, there's a lot of uh I'm Set telling you, it's protect arts. the Cubs at all costs, no yeah. matter what universe. It was just a little, like, it, it just, again, I think the, I think that's a case of week to week, maybe it does that doesn't hit as hard, but, like, yeah. you know, when you're just like, hey, five seconds ago, you were just berating your subordinate because, you know, they wouldn't get on board with their orders, and now you're doing the same thing, but... You know, it, it you know you watch it all in a row, and it reveals some of the a lot of the stitching. <laughs> right, right. But but again, right. overall, I thought I I will say this: watching it, I wasn't like looking at my watch, going, "Man, how much time is left in this thing?" Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah it I felt, was engaged. Yeah, yeah, it felt like it was paced very well. I generally, still enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Generally it, speaking, it I think aside. it was a decent story. Yeah, I, I oh, yeah this the, is this this is one of the better ones of these like sub mini series yes. that they've that they've thrown out there at us. Yeah, and then of course at the end, you know, when they abandon, you know, the three guys that are left or whatever abandon ship, and you know, and Nick Stahl's just kind of on the beach and gets to hear his his wife and his child die. Um, I, you know, I thought again, I thought that was interesting from him to kind of go full <laughs> yeah. circle with the whole like. You know, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to be a dad, kind of whatever. To, oh my God, like I'm gonna, you know, I, I, you know, face with my own mortality in the end of everything. I've, I've come full circle on this, and you know, just as I'm coming to terms with, you know, with do, with doing this and going all in, now I'm literally, you know, having it stripped away from me. So, in my, in my notes, which I took like I guess like a month ago now at this point, I wrote call from wife and son. Uh, that I wrote dies convenient consider suicide Teddy arrives <laughs> yes yeah it is convenient that just she just happens to he just happens to call just as she's about to be murdered um, yeah it's this is and this is what and I wrote this down too because this is what this reminded me of it's the whole Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade thing at the beginning where it's like all the things you know about this guy happened in merely three hours basically yes and that's what this is it's all in one day you get everything that ever happened in Nick Stahl's yeah. life was changed within a matter of a day yes <laughs> he got a scar a whip a hat and a jacket <laughs> and loves archaeology and afraid of snakes all in one day yeah. all those things um all in the span of an hour and a half um yeah. So, and again, yeah. Teddy shows up at the end. I thought that was a neat surprise. I wasn't really expecting John Glover to show up at the end. Um, when when I because I already wrote down all of this is happening one day. I'm like, I, I better see Teddy. Or else it's, just, <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> I I knew as soon as like I don't know that I knew like a second before I was like, oh, that's Teddy. And then it was, but I, I didn't thought they really were just going to do the, that. So. I, I thought because the way they were shooting it, I thought it was just going to like, you know, they were just going to blow out the 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 brightness with it, and it's just going to, you know, they'll do his voice or whatever, and you would just assume it's like, nope, they actually got John Glover to shoot this. Oh, see, like I, I we had just recorded our out now Batman and Robin commentary, so I'm like, more John Glover in my life, please, right now. The, the universe, <laughs> the universe delivered is what I'm saying. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So overall, I, again, I, I I thought I thought it was good. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's, a solid, it's a solid little little thing. Yeah. I, uh, I I have no real opinion on Nick Stahl beyond like he shows up, he does the job, he played a good yellow bastard in the Sin City movie. So it's yeah. like okay, yeah, let's see what he does here. And I'll they get, gave I'll, him a decent arc. I'll um, give it three and, and a half torpedoes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. I w- I will also give it three and a half torpedoes. I I I will uh, agree three and a half. Nice, a hat trick of of torpedoes. It did look good. I will say that. Yes. I thought they, it, I thought it, they, it, they, they used very... that environment well. I thought yes. they did. Yeah, it was shot well. Yeah, I, I, again, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing really that 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 was off putting with this. And for sure, I, I think uh, you know part of it too is my expectations were pretty low as far as what they were going to be able to deliver with this. And and I I think it definitely exceeded what I was. Well, yeah. That's the only other one of these little mini episode things that they've done that I've really liked as much as this or more really was the first one that Nick, Greg Nicotero directed and did. A Bible Girl? Yeah, that 
I I enjoyed that one, and then we had the one was it storage units and stuff? I don't even. Remember. There was like three of those total, like those early ones. Yeah, yeah. There's three of those, and then there was whatever one was before the plane one. Was the plane one the plane one was the first one? Or there was something else before the plane. The plane. plane. Oh, machete, of course, machete. red machete. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I take everything I just said back because I did enjoy red machete, but in an <laughs> ironic <laughs> way. That was an enjoy- that was an enjoyable gimmick. Like I, yeah, yeah. Those were like what, a ironic. minute and a half. Like those things well, the, 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 were short. But machete, machete was longer. Machete was uh, was like good five minutes. It was the plain one. That's the one where they're like, it's a minute. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not like the plane yeah, one. No, didn't no. care about it. That was all gimmick, but it was very humorous to talk about. So yes. that, that was the thing about that one. It was hilarious to spend more time talking about it than it took to watch the thing. Yes. Um, and then after that was like the cave one, right? They're like underground in a tunnel. That thing. Remember, there's like there's like a tunnel that like went under a wall or something like that, and there was like two women, and there was like her one that was like. Like ex boyfriend or something was like. Are the... you talking about dark on Netflix? It was one. There was there was like a mine. It like went under yeah. like a wall or something. Yeah, yeah. And there was, there was, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two women were like the lead of it, and then there was yeah. like one asshole guy who was like maybe like yeah. the ex boyfriend of one of them, and that he was like the main threat and whatnot. Um, so that was that was one of them for sure. Forgettable. And I don't think we that one won an Emmy, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> like a, like oh a short, my god! Like a Webby, like a like a short term, short, short term, medium Emmy, like something like that. The, which is like, which I know because it's like the only Emmy The Walking Dead has won, <laughs> like yeah. at, at all. Um, oh jeez! But uh, I think that's been it, though. I don't think we've had anything else since um, since that since that one. But I mean, I'm down for them doing more of this kind of thing. I mean, well, that's that's the anthology show, though. You're going to get a whole show. Well, yeah, 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 true. You'll get six of them. Yeah, with one one with Terry Crews and yes. one with '90s indie queen Parker Posey. So I mean, one with G4's Olivia Munn. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this episode. All right, <laughs> so let's get into it. Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 11, Ophelia. And this is basically a Daniel, Lucy, Wes-centric uh, episode. Um, and it it starts with, uh, surprisingly, I don't have a ton of notes for this episode um, yeah, compared to normal. But anyway, um I think it's. I don't write about this, so it's like I don't have to take as many notes, but I still do. So and there were a, a lot of it was just kind of like action happening. Like yeah, kind of, yeah. It's like yeah. you know, you know, Daniel doing his Daniel thing, and you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it starts with Daniel and Lucy are playing like the memory game, you know, like where you flip the card and try and remember where the where the counterpart is, and obviously Lu- Lucy's trying to keep him occupied keep his brain occupied because or in and challenged because you know they they know that he's having cognitive decline um mm-hmm. and it kind of comes and goes and at first i think you know it's kind of funny because they play it also is some of it is daniel playing the fact that he knows that he's having cognitive issues and uses that kind of as a um as as a way to to connive other other people as well as legitimately uh, having issues, um, and as they're they're playing this game, he even calls uh, Luciana Ophelia by accident. So Ophelia, for those that don't remember, is uh, Daniel's daughter that died several seasons a- ago. And uh, here's season a three. Here's I a think. fun question: How did she die? <laughs> Wasn't it off? Uh, Wasn't it an explosion in a boat? Cause of death. I just found it on the wiki. Bitten on left shoulder by Walker and later succumbed to infection. Shot in the head by Daniel before reading the yeah. animation. Yeah. She got, she got bit. That was what happened. That sucks. <laughs> yes. I assume that's what, season two? Yeah, season, no, season three. Three, season three yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, okay, I, I do remember this. Yeah, it's like it was on Because the... she was gone for a while and then came back and then... Uh, you, you know what this episode could have used? Flashbacks. Yes. <laughs> Just like any image uh, to give me, like, yeah. to jumpstart my mind a bit about, like, who, I, yeah. I know there was a daughter. <laughs> or previously, or the previously on segment to, uh, yeah. to any to of that could have. Let's give us a little bit of, a little more, little more context clues. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they're, they're playing this little game. He, he 
calls her by the wrong name. And so, you know, Lucy realizes that things are getting worse with him. Um, cut back to the, the other part of the sub, Sarah. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. It's like, I know people that are just older that come, you know, say the wrong name because they're just sure. thinking, like, you know, <laughs> like, uh, uh, my mom would you know sometimes just call me her brother's name just because she's trying to run your mind real quick. <laughs> it's like oh, I mean, I mean Aaron, like that kind of thing. But, yeah, well, when you're dealing with not, the person that you know has dementia, it's yeah, kind of concerning at the first. My, you know. my grandmother had eleven children and a lot more grandchildren, and so like there were times when there were like five of us in the back seat of a car, and one of us was cutting up. And it took her like six names to get to the right name, yeah, partially exactly. because that's, she was flustered and pissed off. That, and part of it was yeah, just it's, like, it's, it's like, that kind of thing. Like, no, man, that's a lot of names to remember. <laughs> obviously, my, we already we already know Daniel's going through a thing. So yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. My three sisters and I were all all referred to as Rick Jenny Sherbeth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um. So yeah, so Sarah and uh, Sherry are preparing to go out and give Dwight a hand because he apparently has found a cache of weapons. Um, so they're they're getting ready to go out there and um, help him do that. And you know, while everyone is dealing with that, Daniel takes off. And uh, when they catch up to him, he's left to go find Ophelia. So he's in complete denial about her being dead. Um, and he is off to 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 go find her. And uh, the the boat cards in the memory game. Right, that seems to be the trigger. Is because how did that trigger him to go to that boat yard? Because well, they got, no, been they to that boat yard. They got taken. They didn't, they, they didn't go there. They got taken to the boat yard. Ah, okay. he was wandering off, and then Arno's people came up, Found and him. yeah. Is it me or does any time like they're out in the wasteland and like people ride up with their with their covered from head to toe? I just think of Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. When, yes. When, yes. When, when Khan's people roll up on Chekhov. Um, this I just call them trash is City of the Six. Yes. I just call them trash people until they identify themselves differently. There you go. Um, like, I forgot that there are the stalkers. I'm just like trash yes, people. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Teddy I'm just saying I, I'm not understanding what about the boat triggered him to think that because the Abigail was a that was a something memorable in his mind that he could latch on to the Abigail from season two right right so he's think okay I get it now because right. they were on that yacht for a long time right after yeah. the outbreak so and I imagine that's a pretty right. significant memory and you know his mind's messed up so it's like whatever he can grasp onto is the thing he's grasping onto I completely onto. forgot about Strand's boat yeah oh, yeah so, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, so we we they get Arno. Uh, also, would, real. I'm sorry, Russ. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, I I think because it, you know this this episode's good. The way it's going to end, the Abigail is a big thing concerning Strand, and this show is so positioned Daniel and Strand to be like ultimate nemeses. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I can imagine things related to Strand specifically probably stick out to Daniel also. So it's like yeah, the yes. Abigail is a big factor in his mind. Yeah. Recent things. No, it makes sense now. I just I completely forgot about his boat. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Arno with his missing hand. So obviously we saw in the previous episode he got bit. He got bit on the hand. So obviously they've taken care of that before it it got to him. Um, and we see that they've they've got um they've got their own place set up. They've got this you know compound that they've kind of built for themselves after all the disarray of you know, what happened with Alicia and, 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 and everything going on there. Um, and Daniel's again, he's still, um, he's still trying to find Ophelia. So as they're, they're kind of being herded up on this, this gangway and everything, he ends up taking, taking the gun from one of the guys and, you know, points it at Arno and Arno's like, you know, Hey, if you want to shoot me, whatever. And it turns out the gun is, you know, of course, Daniel goes to shoot him and the gun's empty. So um, I did like they tried to shoot him. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just like, good. Okay, yeah, talk. It's Daniel. Yes. Daniel time. Yes. Daniel. Uh, no, by the way, no nonsense. Uh, Arnold, Arno, he sucks, right? This guy sucks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like good on the actor for making him suck, but he sucks. Like he's yes. such a a person. Where I'm like, I really hope there's not more episodes with this person. And sure enough, the episode's like, thank you. <laughs> like, yes, he exactly. never felt threatening to me at all. No. That's why he sucks. He's, he's not. No, he's, like just, a, he's a villain he, because he needs to be. And it's like, right. <laughs> right. 
I, he just felt like the like the guy down the street that just never got along with anybody and suddenly found a following and decided he was a badass. Yeah, I don't know. It just it, it, he was he did not sell leadership at all. It, it, it's saying something when like Dwight with the half melted face is like this guy's more compelling as like handsome man than Arno. Is. <laughs> like, yes, yes. Well, and then, we, as we'll see later, how quickly they all just are like, you know, when Lucy's like, hey, I'm going to lead us to the promised land and do, do all this. And they're like, OK, good. <laughs> I'm glad that Arno's out of here. <laughs> like, OK. Um, hey, Arno, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. Yes. Um, but Arno makes a point of saying that he's, you know, he knows about the weapons. He knows everything that's going on. He's like, yeah, you should really be careful about you know, how you're transmitting over the radio that basically they've been listening in on their transmission, um, and the radio chatter and he wants the weapons. Um, and of course, of course, once Daniel looks over and sees the boat, it reminds him of the boat and then of Ophelia and, you know, Daniel's willing to, um, give them the guns, uh, if, if, you know, if they let, if they take him to Ophelia, um, so, here's a question. Mm-hmm. Before we get the reveal that there's nothing in there because Ophelia's dead, right. did anyone think Madison was going to show up here? Like, this is going to be when we got no, him? No, I, I didn't. I, I had a second of a feeling of that, and I was like, nope, they're not going to introduce her this way. I didn't even think about Madison. Fair enough. It was a split. It was a split. I, I'm with Rich. It's like, yeah, it's a curry's like, maybe, but like, eh, no, there's more things going I, on. This episode. I can't even take credit for it as like, no, I didn't think she would show up here. I literally just forgot that she was coming back to the show. So it didn't even enter my mind. It, it annoyed me that I thought of that, honestly, because I'm like, ah, I did, <laughs> this is, is going to annoy me when it happens. So it's like, She's been in my mind ever since the Charlie episode. Okay. So, I mean, because. Like, I've just been really thinking about, are they going to kill her off right before she gets... We talked about it last week. Yeah, but, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. Um, so they put Wes in the cage, and they're <laughs> about to lower him down to the zombies. And, of course, they ask him about the weapons, and Wes is all like, I ain't telling you shit. And, um, you know, so, of course, they you know, Arno's going to lower him down, and Daniel and Lucy you know, kind of make a deal is like, he talks to, you know, the one guy that's guarding the cell and it's like, Hey, I'll, I'll tell you where the weapons are. You tell me where you, you, you let you take me to Ophelia. So eventually they, they end up while well, Wes is being lowered down. Daniel and Lucy get marched over to Arno and, um, they, they stop and bring Wes back up. Um, we find out that Arno also knows Spanish. So as Lucy and Daniel are talking, he, he understands, um, Spanish as well. Uh, to, Daniel, to, to Luciana's credit, because he's like, he's like, well, you think you guys are going to pull one over? Me? She's like, I'm not. I'm trying to help Daniel, and she's right. She's not like they're not. Yes. you know, it's not. They're not doing code speak just by speaking another language. They're just having a conversation because Daniel's mind is. He needs to be spoken to in his native language because yes. it just helps. And it's like I, yes, I, it's, it's a nice little character detail. Yes, less mental like, gymnastics for him to translate like into English what you know would come naturally, more naturally to him in Spanish uh, at a quicker pace. Yes, for him yes. for sure, and for Luciana, it's a good touch as far as as far as I recall, she's pretty a pretty straight arrow on this show, right? Like I don't yes. I don't think of her as one that compromises, which is you know the arc of this episode specifically. So it's like uh, that is. That's nice, like subtle stuff as far as yes. um, how to how to you know remind you of who these characters are when you haven't seen them for several episodes at a time. Yeah, um, and so Daniel, of course, gives him the coordinates, um, and then we find out, of course, that he gave them bad. So this is again the, the whole Daniel, like even though he's got cognitive decline, he still can be pretty crafty if he wants to be. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he tells them, they're like, oh, I can't believe you gave them the credit. He's like, no, I gave them, of course I gave them the wrong coordinates. He's like, I knew that they'd be stupid and fall for it and send half their people there. And it's going to take them 24 hours to make a round trip. So given that half of everybody's gone, we can, we can, you know, make a, make a break for it and, and get out of here. Because, he, of course, he lifted a knife off of the one guard because he's Daniel. Um, Ruben Blades is just, again, like every time he comes in the episode and they actually give him some time to shine in my opinion he shines very brightly Um, yes i agree like his his delivery his style everything like it's very like very very well done 
yeah, they, there's a good effort put into pivoting between his craftiness and that little smile he can give versus yep. when you see the sadness in his eyes as far as realizing certain things or yeah. wanting to right. fix something and not knowing how to process it exactly. There's a lot that's, of good work there. That's what I was going to point out was I got more of his acting through his eyes than mm-hmm. I did anything else that he did in that performance. I mean, it was so good. So yeah. good. And him and Lucy just play very well off each other. Like I, I, I just I really enjoy yeah. the two of them working off each other in this episode. I agree. Um, but he he kind of comes to a realization in his own head that the reason his memory is bad and the reason he's having this trouble is because he lied to Ophelia about his true self. You know the fact that you know basically you know again we come to find out you know in previous seasons for those of you that don't remember. Like, Daniel is a badass. Like, he is basically, like, some security forces, special forces, like, tortured people. Trained by the CIA. Yeah, like, he tortured people (laughs) to get information, and, like, he was... He's Benicio Del Toro and Sicario. He's a Sicario. Exactly. That's what he is. (laughs) Yes. Um, And, you know, again, he's, you know, it's kind of like... Seagal and under siege like you know he he he, he's just the barber man like he's he becomes the barber um but so he feels like his basically he's being punished we we tossed you guys a a cookie a 2015 movie reference and then russ is like but also under 1992's under siege (laughs) 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 nothing but the hits baby um yeah so he feels like he's being punished for the fact that he lied to his daughter and, you know, kind of had this other side to himself that he didn't admit to her and feels like if he can just get to her and tell her the truth about who he really was, what he really did and and what his life was, that he would get his his memory, his 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 cognitive decline would would improve because, yeah. you know, it's it's all because of 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 this thing that he carries this guilt, uh, this guilt from. And of course, Lucy's not. You know, nobody's buying it. Wes, Lucy, no, nobody. Um, so, of course, they pull the old uh, fake out the guard where Daniel is um, pretending to be unconscious or not breathing. And the guard comes in. And, of course, they over, you know, they overpower him. And instead of, you know, being able to just get out and get away, he wants to go to the boat. And he is going to lead them to the boat. Um, and so Lucy agrees to it because and tells Wes like look the only way he's gonna he's gonna not he has to see it for himself that it's that she's not there and that she's truly dead or he's never gonna let this go like this is just gonna be be a problem um and so um they're they head over to the boat and of course there's no Ophelia there's nobody on the boat the boat is completely empty and I so, was shocked yeah <laughs> so of course uh, Daniel's confused and angry and, you know, threatening the guard and the, you know, Lucy and West take that as an opportunity to get out of the guard. Like, Hey, what's going on? Like West mentioned the crater. Everybody's kind of afraid of it. What, what's going on? And so then West, uh, the, the, the guard tells him, you know, that, Hey, the crater and you know, where the bomb went off is full of a bunch of zombies and somebody has been letting them out, you know, little at a time. And of course they're completely, you know, beyond irradiated and it's becoming a, a real problem. Um, and, you know, finally gets to, to tell the truth. Daniel's so despondent and so upset and thinks that the guard was lying to him or has done something with Ophelia that he actually cuts her, th- his throat. Um, because so it, like right, right as he's saying something about Wes's brother too, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is, and Wes is like, no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, man, that's pretty cold. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah he, uh, he lets him have it. <laughs> Um, and at this point he, you know, again, Daniel, I think has a, you know, a slight moment of lucidity where he feels like, okay, well, you know, she's not here. So he pulls the, he separates from Lucy and Wes, pulls the plank so they can't get across and he's going to go after Arno. Um, and of course Daniel sneaks up on Arno, puts him in the cage, lowers him down and (laughs) Arno actually starts getting chewed on. Um, by the zombies, and of course Lucy and and uh, um, Wes Wes end up getting there, and they pull him back up. 
And then he's got some gnarly ass legs after they pull him up. Like he, he just looks like he got chewed on like a chicken bone. Um, yes, just it's sitting the there best. with his one hand and his uh, his gnarly ass legs. My, my for one thing, I was like, will they like try to amputate the rest and just have it be like this, like just keep dwindling Arno down for the sake of like a dark joke that they want? But yeah, in my in my notes, I write, uh, Arno sucked. He died in the cage. <laughs> That's yes. All I got that. Yes. <laughs> That's all but I needed. I, yeah, I got things a little out of place. So when when Arno comes back up, they didn't get the information completely out of the guard. So because he's dying, Lucy is able to get the info out of Arno about the the pit. This is where they find yeah, out that, yeah, yeah. that people have been letting him out of the pit. It's bad news. You know, it's gonna. It's you know potentially. Yeah, Arno has a whole like off. monologue while, while yes. he's sitting there all pathetic. <laughs> yeah, fading away. It's all whispery. <laughs> yeah. So eventually he dies. Oh wait, wait. The best the, the best line uh, is when Daniel shoved him into the cage, and Arnold's like, "No, no." And um, Daniel's like, "Oh, I meant to tell you, your your Spanish is pretty good." Yes, that was the best. That was awesome. Yeah, your Spanish is very good. <laughs> yes, yes, that was pretty funny. Um, so of course, Wes comes and finishes him off. He he grabs one of those big spears and hits him in the head with it, so he puts him out of his, so he doesn't come back. Um. And so this is when Lucy goes to Arno's people and just basically says, like, hey, we could go take the tower and be safe because we know all this bad stuff is happening and we can lead you there. And Arno's people are like, okay, sure, yeah, okay. Um, but Wes, uh, Wes at this point, like, he's he's kind of frustrated with everything, so he kind of he walks he walks away. He leaves, you know, this whole business here. Um and then, which is uh, you know, I despite what happens at the end, I was like, you know, what good on him? He has a principle. He's uh, yes. try, and he, he his logic. I mean, what he's arguing makes plenty of sense. It's like because it, I think it leads back to what we were saying last week. It's like you know, there's a tower. There's also the get the fuck out of here option. <laughs> yes, yes. It's like maybe it's time to just leave. Like you're near a crater. There's a crazy guy in a building that's surrounded by zombies. Like. Why try to get into that death trap? Just leave. Just yeah, this here. whole like it's we we have to go to the tower. It's the only place left. I'm like I still don't get it. Besides the entire country, yeah, <laughs> or world with with, uh, with you probably have less nukes that went off. <laughs> yes, there's all of Mexico and South America, and all in most of North America and Canada where you could just. GTFO. Yeah, and, um, unless the rest of the world looks like um, <laughs> original Army of Darkness ending, where like <laughs> the Statue of Liberty is somehow in uh, Wisconsin now. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, I think we can just go yeah. somewhere else in the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, See, I went for 1992's Army of Darkness now for that. Yes, that was the key yes. in that one. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of Sam Raimi from our earlier conversation, better yes. or worse than. Uh, Army of Darkness. Is Doctor Strange better or worse than Army of Darkness? Yeah. I feel like you, you would hear the enthusiasm of my voice if Sam Raimi directed a MCU movie that was somehow better than Army of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, li- I, liked it, I liked it well enough. I look forward to you know hearing you guys talk about it or what have you, but it's like, Army of Darkness rules. We're in a I different think, ballpark. <laughs> I think we're probably on the same page, even though I haven't seen... Doctor Strange, yes. No, you know it's good. Go see it. Have fun. But Army of Darkness. I mean, shop smart. Shop that smart, Rich. Let's let's be serious here. Hey, I, I'm totally with you. Indeed. All right. Um. So this is where Lucy decides she's going to be a little conniving, and she tells Daniel, "Hey, you're right. Ophelia is alive. I talked to, you know, Arno actually told me, and." She's in the tower with Strand, and we have to go get her. And Daniel tells her that if this is another lie and she's really not there, it's going to break him for good. And I get what Lucy's trying to do because she knows if she doesn't focus Daniel on this, he's just going to be all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I think she's also seen when Daniel has his moments of lucidity or focus he's a force to be reckoned with um that he still has the chops to you know be the daniel of old but if he if he continues to try and 
position himself that he needs to wander the earth looking for his dead daughter, like it's not going to do anybody any good. I still don't know if I approve of what she's doing. I, I mean, from a morality standpoint, you can you can debate what's going on here. That said, we've debated morality on The Walking Dead many times over, and I feel like yeah, there's true. a lot of wi- there's a lot of wiggle room at this point when it comes to world populated by zombies. Um, so, I you know I, I I like the complexity here, and it's. You can call it heartbreaking to see a character that, like I mentioned earlier, is a straight arrow and is trying to help this man. But I do think she she's seeing a greater good in trying to help him, like Russ, you just explained, as far as, you know, yes, you can call it using him, but it's using him for the point of, one, helping them with a very specific goal that all of them have in mind. But also, if we can just get him there, then we can, like, stop, you know, assuming we're successful, we can stop, stay at this one place, and continue working on helping him get better if possible. Right. Right. And and also, yeah. And, and again, it comes at a risk of severing that relationship, which yeah, that right. sucks. But it's like, yeah. you know, but the overall the, goal, the end of the game here, you know, that's but in, kind, in the meantime, kind of yeah, in the meantime, if she lets him just be this wandering, you know, fool, he can like hurt that isn't doing him. Yeah. yeah, that that's not doing him any good because he's his mental state is completely destroyed when he's in this like focus of finding his dead mm-hmm. daughter. You know, and and kind of fixating on it. But so, what do you think it's gonna? What state it's gonna be in when all of this plays out? I don't know. I mean, from Lucy's perspective too, it's like who who's to say like it? He's even gonna make it through. Like you you know what I mean? Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's medication that they have in Strand's place that they feel like they can give him to kind of make him more lucid. You know, there, there's yeah. there's there's all kinds of things that you know. And I don't disagree with it from a storytelling standpoint. I, I think what you said, Aaron, about the adding the complexity and whatnot. I I think that's good. I'm just saying from a character standpoint, I'm just like I don't know if I like her doing that. But I, I think we've seen people do much more morally rehab reprehensible things. No, I agree. Like, and maybe this it's is pretty... because I have a soft spot for Daniel. I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, that ultimately, it, this should help Daniel. I mean, the you know the drama's going to come when he finds out yeah. that she's not there. Right. What's the repercussion right. from that? Right. Uh, maybe he just channels his energy into, you know, wrapping his hands around Strand's neck, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But to kind of add to this moral dilemma, obviously... Wes is determined at this point he's going to leave, like get out, period. And he tells Lucy, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, my brother used to say people are people. And she's like, well, what does that mean? And she's like, well, people. And he, he says people suck. And, you know, again, he it's kind of like he finds that he thought Lucy was different. And I think, you know, again, after what's going on, he just feels like. You know, she's just as sucky as as everybody else. So, which from that perspective, it's like, yeah, I can respect it to a degree. Like, I don't know what he's going to do elsewhere. I mean, he's, if he's getting out of town, which he's not, because we find out the end of it, he's not. But if he yes. was getting out of town, I'd say good on him. This new step, it's like, oh, that's that's an ugly choice. Yeah. Uh, that said, you, you get thrown into a cage in front of a bunch of, in, on top of a bunch of zombies. Yeah, your mind probably starts throwing you in different directions on how you feel about yeah. things. Yeah. Well, and that's where I was coming from. Is I was more agreeing with him. Yeah. Than anything else. That is until the end of the episode. <laughs> unless yeah. unless I have a theory there, we'll get there. Cool. Um so yeah, so we cut back to the sub, Dwight is back. He's got a they found a ton of weapons, like just a just you know, duffel bags full of of weapons, so much so that they're going to inventory them. Um of course Lucy makes it back to the to the sub, uh with Daniel. Um to, to kind of end the episode. So again, she makes it back to the sub and she says, look, I've, I've got Arno's people with me, you know, that we're all kind of on board for, you know, sieging the tower. So, uh, you know, it's all kind of like coming together at, at the sub. Um, and then, so of course we cut to the, to the end and Wes shows up at the tower, goes to the little intercom speaker and wants to talk to strand because he wants to make a deal. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's uh, nefarious. I, uh, obviously or, we'll, get, we'll get more from this as it goes along, but it's like, what's the end game of this one? Like, if you wanted to not be 
these people that are less shitty than this guy? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, no, I'm wondering is there is there some he's got oh, is he being straight and flipping and going to you know give up to strand or is this a ploy? I mean, is so this what a Trojan a Trojan West, if you will, could be. I mean, it could be, but, like, to what avail would it be to show us on the show that he's like, you guys suck him out of here, and then immediately have him go to Strand, and then somehow there's a plan all along. Like, oh, that's... to make everybody think for a week that, oh, shit, he's he's betraying them. That... Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of... We're talking about AMC storytelling here. I hear you, and... I, yes, certainly there's a way to frame things to make us feel a certain thing that maybe not be what's intended to be felt, but in terms of like a Eugene style, I was good all along type up situation, it's like that doesn't make any sense. Like if you have them, like only telling, basically just telling the us the audience that I'm leaving now because I hate you guys, and it's like there's no there's no ulterior motive that could easily be communicated. It's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm, I, maybe it's it, just my wishful thinking. I have no idea. And, like like if. If the thought is, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but if the thought is he's actually still with Luciana and this is all a plan, that that's like a bullshit way of handling it. If the, oh if, no, I still but if, think but if he's it's more, pissed at Luciana. I just think it's not what it seems with Strand. I, I I'm wondering how much time between him leaving and him going to the tower was there him thinking about things or something happened that made him suddenly realize, hey, I could do this and get yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I hear it just, and that's what I'm getting yeah. at too. It's as far as like, yeah, if if the show's going this like optics way of like we don't necessarily know what he's saying, we just know that he's there. You know, fine, whatever. We'll see what that is. <laughs> but um, the the you know from an editing standpoint in this episode, it's like, well, that's shitty. <laughs> like we just we yeah. have to make a pretty bold proclamation and then immediately go to the worst scenario <laughs> that he has presented to him. Yeah. Indeed, and I don't. I this just popped into my head, but a possible prediction: um, when the battle goes down at the tower and everything shakes out, uh, Luciana gets killed or is dying, and that, and he's going to see her as Ophelia, and he's going to see her die then, and that's going to somehow help him. That's what I have a feeling they might build to. Okay. Maybe. Just a prediction. Maybe. All right. So that's um, Ophelia. What, uh, how many busters or how many Tobies do we give this episode? Aaron, how many Tobies do you give Ophelia? You know, I like this episode. This got us kind of back on track compared to last week's double that we went over. Um, what am I at on this one? Like, I, you know, it's solid. I guess it's like a three and a half. Maybe it's a little higher. I don't know. Three and a half sounds fine to me. Toby's. It's it's. I you know we like Daniel. It's cool to get him back on the show. I like the character work they're doing between him and Luciana. Arno sucks, but he dies this week, so it's like yay. I guess. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I like the trailer park as like a set piece, like that, or like a like a a set. Um, that's a that's a cool piece of set work. You know, it's real for one thing. Um, and I thought they made a good use out of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's tension where it needs to be. You know, good up. Uh, three, three and a half uh, Tobies. I'm also going to give it three and a half. I, I, you know, again, this wasn't a spectacular episode, but it was a pretty good episode. And I think it was more, again, just the character work. I think the Daniel Lucy stuff really, really worked for me. And again, I think characters over the last couple seasons, I mean, we've had a couple highlight Daniel episodes for sure, but mm-hmm. um, I've kind of missed Luciana because she's been, you know, when they kind of put her in charge of Tank Town or whatever, they yeah. um, they kind of back back seated her. Um, so I like her being back kind of in the fold and with her and Daniel. It just really worked. So three and a half for me. Rich? Yeah, I would pretty much agree on all those lines and, and with the three and a half, but I'm actually, because of... Um, Ruben's performance for I enjoyed it that I mean his performance through the entire thing is made this episode super enjoyable to watch and uh, yeah I'm giving it a four fantastic so what did the Facebook group have to say for this episode yeah we do have our Facebook group it's the Walking Dead uh, TV podcast 
uh, Facebook page. Uh, you can you can join us uh, at uh, facebook.com slash group slash WTV podcast where we post uh, all the uh, posts as far as where you can you can put in your own Toby and Buster ratings, of course, and we you know other news and stuff pops up. The episodes pop up there, of course, and when I write the reviews for the show, those are there as well. But uh, for this week's episode for Ophelia, we got we only got one um, this week. Um, and it's from Kevin Barry. He writes, For it looks like the Abigail has fallen out of rough times out of five. I am always a fan of the Daniel-focused episodes, and this one did not disappoint. Also, I'm glad the Arno thing is over. Uh, I Barry, agree, Kevin. Three-way high five. Uh, great. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for... Or thanks, Kevin, for chiming in. Mm-hmm. Um, please feel free to... You know, again, go to facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast. Uh, we usually put an episode thread up every week to get your Toby ratings, or you can send an email to WDTV at HHWLOD.com if you just want to send a plain old email. Uh, we'd be happy to read that on the show as well. Um, so that about wraps it up for this week. Aaron, where can folks find you on the internet? I'm all over the place. There is, of course, my. Uh, other podcast out now there in an Abe where we talk about current movies, my friend Abe and I. It's a lot of fun. We just uh, we're covering Doctor Strange this week, of course, but uh, we also just launched our summer movie gamble X, the tenth annual, where we predicted what we think are going to be the highest grossing films of the summer. Always a lot of fun. We got a lot of uh, friends of the show that compete with us, and uh, so that's uh, something we're going to be checking on throughout the uh, throughout the next few months here. Um, I'm also writing movie reviews as well as TV reviews over Leave Entertainment, uh, Blu-ray and Criterion reviews over Wise of Blue, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Excellent, Rich. Uh, on all the socials at Chubtoad01. Cool, and you can check me out over at um, the Taylor Network of Podcasts as well as this podcast where I do um, Walking Dead or uh, Walking Dead, where I do Gotham by Geeks with Daryl Taylor um, and Mister Hasentalji. Um, we have Great fun every week talking about Batman stuff. Um, I think this week we're going to be paying tribute to the late, great Neil Adams. Oh, sad. Yeah, yeah, very, very sad. Um, Especially, you know, to to kind of add, you know, that uh, George Perez is is in fairly poor health. So um, just, just, you know, sad, sad times in the in the world of comics. But yeah. I met Neil many times and just a genuine dude, man. Just great. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, there's the, all the jokes out there about, you know, Neil Adams is great. Just ask him. He'll tell you. But um, <laughs> it's kind of true. But at the it, same time, it's actually be, true that he's great because of all exactly. like, yes. beyond, beyond like simple stuff like, you know, reinventing Batman. There's like life things that he did that are amazing. Yes, <laughs> and that yes, insane. and that's that's what I was getting at. Is, the, you know, it, it's it's easy the to Superman boys getting them to get their financial due and yeah, and just returning artwork and just being a champion for you know treating these you know the generation that came before um, you know well as far as creator rights and and really you know kind of pushing that on the next generation to um, you know to to kind of stand up for themselves and. Um, so, you know, again, it's easy to kind of poke fun at, at, at that, but, you know, he, he did, in addition to his art being just freaking phenomenal, um, he did some really amazing things for, for people and, and really helped them out. So, and if um, you've never read him and Denny O'Neill's Green Arrow, Green Lantern, phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I, yeah. Just yeah. a, a giant library of amazing work for sure. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's funny. I've, the X-Men is the biggest part of my comic collection um, by, by far. It's not even close as to what's second, but um, I, I w- <clears throat> just because, you know, the early issues of X-Men obviously are drastically, over, you know, overpriced. Um, so I finally got the second volume omnibus of the, of the old school X-Men stuff. And, you know, he, he finished off that run before it was canceled and went to reprints. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, amazing when you look at the issues that came before him and then the stuff he did on those last i don't know what was it eight or ten mm-hmm. issues he did and it's the work is it's just night and day it's amazing that that alone wasn't enough to keep them to revitalize that book so um anyway we'll be we'll be talking about uh, about that in the next episode for sure so um great so definitely check that out 
thanks everyone for listening. We will be back next week. Um, I think we're kind of back to our regular schedule. I posted this previous week's episode a little late. I had some recording nonsense going on, um, but finally got that straight. So um, thanks for bearing with us past the, the website issues and then the technical issues. So I think we'll be in a, in a good spot. So thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. And until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, people are people. People are strange. Mm-hmm.